Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology. Welcome back to Revive the Drive. We are discussing the Ten Commandments, uh, what they are, their relevance both in the Old and now, and especially in the New Testament to the New Testament believer. And we are in this session discussing the Fifth and Sixth Commandments, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you, and you shall not murder. So these are the fifth and sixth. Uh, We sometimes characterize the Ten Commandments as uh, five or four uh, vertical uh, commandments towards God and six towards uh, humanity. Uh, However, there is uh, an idea that the fifth commandment, honor your father and mother, may be a transitional one in which uh, we learn only to relate to God through relating to our authority structures uh, in the earliest days. Honor your father and your mother. You will never learn to fear the Lord your God if you uh, have not learned to fear the authority structures in your life. And so uh, it's possible that we could characterize these as uh, Fifth being towards God ultimately because it's towards your parents. And then the sixth being the first horizontal commandment towards uh, your neighbor. Um, So let's discuss uh, this issue of honoring your father and mother, how that works out, what was the benefit, and uh, why God felt it was so important. I I like the fact, too, in in this commandment that uh, both the father and the mother are mentioned. Um, the, the Bible is uh, a, a Bible that transcends culture, and and the culture at the time, women were not as honored. Um, but uh, here God says, honor your father and your mother, uh, both. And also he, he ties that as well to uh, uh, present day, what's marriage? You know, is marriage between a mm-hmm. man and woman and, you know, um, and here again, implicit in in one of the Ten Commandments is the idea that a marriage is one man and one woman in union, uh, then who, uh, when they're blessed by God with children, form a family uh, with uh, with kids looking to the father and mother to, to do just as you mentioned, which to represent God to them. And it's, it's a, uh, the only means by which... It's apart from obedience to this commandment, we understand that we won't enjoy fullness of life. Apart from honoring mom and dad, a person can't experience life as as God has called them to experience with the the fullness of His joy. So, if if uh, we we think about day one of the Israelites in the land, if the parents were doing what they were called to do, which was to teach the kids uh, the knowledge of God, the commandments of God. And then those children were to obey that, then they would grow to be adults who would then have offspring, and they would teach their yep. children, and so on. And do you think that's what God means when He says, "So that you will live long in the land"? Yeah, I think He's tying all the all the commandments of of following Him and and the blessings, the temporal as well as eternal blessings that, that uh, connect to 
living a life that honors and loves the Lord. Um, so the question can be asked, is it possible to honor and love God and dishonor your father and your mother? And this commandment answers that. No, it's not possible. A person might feel that they are honoring the Lord, uh, and yet because of maybe resentment against father and mother that they that uh, those two are not in contradiction. But, but here this commandment clearly settles that question, that the only way uh, that uh, children can truly connect to God's blessing and to God, the worship of God is, is if, if there's an honoring attitude and heart toward mom and dad. Right. The, now, we probably should distinguish from the fact that uh, Israel was living in a theocracy, a covenant people, in which the father and mother were expected that they were following the commands of God. So now, today, Rich, uh, an adult Christian who has surviving parents that are not Christian, how would that honoring? Yeah. Well, and, and as we read our, our uh, Bibles, too, in the Old Testament, we recognize there were a lot of mom and dads who weren't doing right. Um, and, and yet there's no condition on this. Uh, it's it's often observed that uh, you know the New Testament says children obey your parents, um, and then it follows that in in uh, Ephesians six by by the the statement of this command. Um, but children is a is a term for young children, and the word obey is it means something that's an application for young children in the way they honor their parents. But it doesn't say uh, all sons and daughters obey your parents. Um, that uh, that that somehow every person is still underneath this command, whether the the parents are alive or dead. By the way, I believe to honor their mom and their dad. So the word honor it means to give respect and and to seek to it's it, it's it's connected to the, that idea of glorify we talked about earlier to to seek to show others. Um, the reflect we'll say the reflection of, of God's image in our mom and dad, and not try to expose our our parents to uh, unnecessary uh, de- uh, destruction of their character and of their reputation. Right. Yeah, kind of what you were saying earlier regarding uh, what happens whenever one generation comes and doesn't receive uh, the instruction of their parents and follow up. I think. There's probably no greater contrast between two books, just kind of the, the end and the start is from Joshua to, to Judges. You know, Joshua ends, it says, Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua and had known all the work that the Lord did for Israel. And then you come to Judges and it begins there in, in chapter two and describes how this this generation, uh, Joshua dies and it says that the, there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work he had done for Israel. And then what happens, verse 11 inevitable result of that the people of israel did what was evil in the sight of the lord and served the Baals. and then you have maybe arguably but i think probably one of the in terms of what happens to the people in it one of the worst books of the bible i mean mm-hmm. just just mm-hmm. terrible things happen to people mm-hmm. who didn't have parents who instructed them and who honored their parents and followed in the ways that they had right i i'm i'm mindful of uh wc fields who was a comedian and days before we were alive, but uh, he was uh, a well-known skeptic and even atheist, and uh, late in his life he was on a train and he was uh, reading a Bible, and someone came up to him and said, W.C., you're reading a Bible. (laughs) 
why are you reading a Bible? And he, he in, in W.C. Uh, Fields fascists, I'm looking for loopholes. And, um, you know, we when we read the Ten Commandments, we, we often look for loopholes. Mm-hmm. Is there an exception here? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, that's the question. You know, uh, maybe this is only speaking about honoring parents who are Christians or who are living entirely honorably. Uh, we're looking for a way out from mm-hmm. around these commandments that hedge us in to a life that our flesh strongly resists. Mm-hmm. And uh, yet we don't find any of those exceptions. It doesn't say if your parents are this way or that way, then honor, just honor your father and your mother. Um, j- just as an encouragement, because I know that there are many, I- I- I'm thankful for my parents being incredibly honorable people. And I realize how blessed I am as a result. And I also recognize that there are many who would be listening to us who that just simply is not the case. Uh, their parents perhaps were abusive, uh, were pretty vile in their in their uh, lifestyle, um, very hurtful, uh, continue to be hurtful. I, I recognize that that's a real reality. And so how does this commandment press against the lives of those who are really tempted so because my parents were so loving, I've not really been tempted not to honor. Mm-hmm. But many people are, are – set, set, commandments really come into play when we're tempted to do something contrary to God's will. Um, a good friend uh, – I'll be very general in my statements about this, just to, uh, not necessarily to, to tell their story without their permission, but um, their father was, was a dishonorable person, so all their life – very neglectful, very very mean, critical. Never once did this friend. Uh, she said never heard her, her her dad ever say "I love you." Uh, that was true for all the children. Family was in dis disrepair. Uh, now the the father's older, um, and uh, her three other siblings had nothing to do with this father. He had divorced the mom, so he's he's kind of alone now. He'd been very successful in life in terms of money. Um, but he's alone now. His, his health is deteriorating. So his friend said, I'm, I decided to take my dad in to my home and to care for him. And uh, eventually he had to go to a, a nursing home right mm-hmm. near her, but he would, she would visit him and be with him every day. And uh, she, she said, when I started this journey, the Lord convicted me about this because I didn't want to do this. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but, but the Lord convicted me, and I was going to write a book entitled How to Honor a Dishonorable Father. Mm-hmm. Um, because she said she she had run into so many people that were dealing with the same kind of issue. And um, she said, you know what was interesting is as I honored him and cared for him in his life, he his heart just began to soften to God and to me. Mm. And the last uh, few months of his life, there wasn't a day that he did not mm-hmm. share tender words of love to her. Mm-hmm. Like just what, and, and it was just very interesting, the transformation of a life that reflects God. Now, that's not a promise that, that that'll happen in every case, uh, but, but it is a, a means by which if uh, this woman, this friend of mine, truly worshiped the Lord and show, showed how valuable he is in the way that she lived out her life mm-hmm. uh, toward, her, toward her dad. Yeah, that's good. So at any age... Our objective in our relationship with parents is to not bring them shame, to not act disrespectfully toward them, to not say evil things about them or things that would even make them look um, diminished in the eyes of others. Is that kind of right. the, the idea that. there? And there's a positive yeah. aspect of that too then. That's, right. that's kind of avoiding the negative. Right. 
But there's a positive act. It was just like this friend who said, I, God wants me to, to take special care to, to, to honor him, even though, you know, from a human standpoint, he doesn't deserve that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he didn't merit it at all. Uh, he was her dad that God had ordained, mm-hmm. you know, to be yeah. her dad. Yeah. And so he, she was going to honor him by the care and tenderness she showed him. Right. And so for those that have, in, in, in like that case, non-Christian parents, uh, there's a different shade between obeying them and honoring them, and honoring them is, is trying to uh, honor when, when you can, when, when it's not against the, the Lord's ways, yeah, right? Right. Um, you know, another friend has a, has a, um, a parent who needs help. And the parent wants them to wants this friend to move to where they are to another state in order to help them. And at that point, I say, well, that doesn't you know, they're, just be, honoring them doesn't mean you do exactly what they want, right? But it does mean you say, hey, I would love for you to come live with us. You know, we're going to care for you, and to find a way to honor them, but not necessarily obey. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's good. Okay, well. And for those of us who do have believing parents, maybe part of it, even though we're not going to obey them uh, in the same sense that we did as a a young child, there's still an obligation or maybe obligation is too strong of a word, but part of honoring them is is to seek their counsel on situations that we're facing. If we trust their wisdom, say, you know what, I understand that they still have have a a vested interest in my life. In fact, our parents are perhaps the people who who, uh, are going to be the people we encounter in life who most want our success and our well-being, yeah, so they're yeah, good yeah. people to seek out. Yeah, I've encouraged uh, in premarital uh, for couples to always try to seek the counsel of their parents and, and perhaps even say, you know what, uh, yeah. we may not uh, take your advice 100%, but we, we yeah. are interested in your counsel. We care. So Maybe just one more story. I know we're, we're running late <laughs> on this, but just to, because of this, this, this command kind of impacted my life and my family life so so strongly, I guess, uh, through my dad. Mm-hmm. So you know, my dad, uh, his dad was a was like that dad I mentioned before, where he had ne- never in his life shared any words of affection or or esteem uh, for his son. I think he probably did love him, but uh, but he never demonstrated that in terms of uh, words. And his dad also at one point uh, had a problem with alcohol. And then he had a problem with adultery, and he left the family. And then mm-hmm. the family really had a hard time back in this day. And what I saw my dad growing up, at first I didn't even know that story. So my dad was careful not to share all of these negative sin- – it was only as an adult I started asking questions, and he was willing to answer them. Mm-hmm. But he never said, oh, we're going over to Grandpa's house, and this is a Grandpa that left us. <laughs> you know, I, I, I never had anything but a spirit of – of respect mm-hmm. for my grandpa. I recognized my grandpa was different from my other grandpa and that my this grandpa never held me, never really talked to me, you know, but but I still had a respect and esteem for him because of the way my dad communicated. And then at the end of their lives, I saw my dad uh take uh care of not only his dad his dad, but also the woman that entered in between him and his mom. Wow. And care for her, and take her groceries, and, and do things. And I thought, you know, what a what a blessing that that God kind of broke a, a bitterness of spirit that could have been par- translated to me and, mm-hmm. and to our children, so that we could focus on the glory of God. That's and awesome. so those are just story a story that kind of reflects how important uh, the grace that comes through these commandments can be to to generations. Yeah, 
That's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. Thanks. Well, we've got the sixth commandment that we wanted to try to tackle in this session as well. Thou shalt not murder. You shall not murder. Um, what's wrong with murder? Don't do it. That's what I would say to that. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. <laughs> <All right. laughs> it would be bad. <laughs> well, uh, more than likely, none of us have ever committed murder uh, in this room, but is that all that in, is entailed in that command? Well, uh, I can't really speak to your statement there because the statute of limitations is still ongoing for some some of the legal proceedings here. But uh, yeah, we, we've, I'm sure people are familiar with the the passage in in Matthew five where Jesus uh, helps us understand the heart attitude behind the commandment that, that's given there in in Exodus. And he says in in Matthew five, you've heard it said to those who of old. You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment, and whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. And so and then he talks about reconciliation with your brother. And I, what we've been arguing as we've been going through these Ten Commandments is that these these commandments are relevant, that they're still relevant today. And uh, what we see there is this, this hard attitude that exists in the murderer, is the same hard attitude that can potentially exist in, in us as right. we don't have uh, the, the idea of, in fact, you know, First John, how love is defined. Love is defined as giving of myself for the eternal benefit of another person. And the moment I stop saying in my relationship with you, my goal is your eternal benefit and good, and I'm going to sacrifice in order to achieve that, then I've begun down the path of a murderer. Because what does a murderer do? The murderer takes another life for his own benefit, God's called us to love other people by sacrificing for their benefit. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. We've been connecting these commandments to the worship of God, that loving God is uh, the foundation, and out of our love for God, we love other people. And in that passage you just read, Daniel, uh, Jesus says, therefore, and talking about this commandment, therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, Leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And that's the application of this thou shalt not murder is that we can't truly worship God while we are having an unloving spirit toward a brother or sister. Right. And that's that's huge. And uh, I, th- I think we all have to be very careful of self-deception because – you know, how many times have you heard to say, well, no, I really love you, but, and then the, the butt's going to be the knife, right? It's going to stick between the ribs. Um, and why do people say that? Well, I think they say it because they want to justify this word that is, you fool raka. Right. You know, right. I, I love you, but I got to tell you, you're a fool. Right. You know, well, that's contrary. And, and we're so prone to self-deception in regard to this particular commandment about murder and about loving others with a genuine heart desiring the very best blessing that God could possibly give to them. Right. I think the the idea of murder carries with it uh, um, uh, an anger and and uh, maybe not premeditation, but at least uh, a willingness to take a life as opposed to homicide or accident or something like that. So um, where that comes from begins in the heart, right? When you tell someone, you don't deserve to live, I am the judge of that, and and what we've done then is we've just taken the place of God, right? We've we've usurped God's authority over life and death, and uh, and so uh, God says you you'll be held uh, 
in right. blame. And, and we've we've got come to the point where we don't believe that that which God has bestowed has value, right? Right. right. And so there's more and more we stand in judgment, right? Yeah. There, there's there are more and more examples that you can give in our culture of hey, we know that life is important. Our culture might say, but in this situation, it doesn't have value. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask this uh, before we close this down. Someone says, well, then can I fight in war uh, if I'm going to have to kill yeah. someone? So, and, that, and again, the King, I think the King James Bible used to say, thou shalt not kill, which is, a, uh, which is a mistranslation. So murderer is different from, uh, we'll say, uh, justified killing. So... The state has the uh, Bible says the state has exercises the the power of the sword, the sword. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, you know if someone's trying to take your life, you have uh, a right to defend yourself um, with uh, with any necessary force. We'll say, and in war again, that's an action state to to re- reduce evil. The, the purpose of of war is not to kill people, but it's to keep evil from. Of just war is to keep people, evil from advancing right. and and doing more harm. So I think that that distinction is important. You know, the pressing application at this moment for this uh, uh, commandment for me is whether or not it's possible to eat a banana in front of others without sharing that banana. But <laughs> for I'm those not sure. of you that aren't here, that is what Pastor Daniel Bennett is doing right now, and uh, we're, we're thinking no murderous, hungry <laughs> thoughts. I do have some things for you guys. Uh, this, this seems way coveting is the later oh, commandment. Wow. <laughs> it's, I was just kind of setting the stage for a later podcast on coveting, and guilty, you guys failed. <laughs> hey, but here's a little peanut butter bar for Rich, and then uh, another uh, five one bar here for Art. So there you go, guys. Well. Uh, we won't be able to solve the the uh, uh, the world's problems on uh, murder at this point, and we may be back after we murder Pastor Daniel uh, in this break. So thanks for joining us and revive the drive. <laughs>